Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your nightlight, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that is and will forever always be on the run from the Columbia Record Club. (laughs) My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're kicking off a month-long celebration of Christmas horror, and we start by getting festive with 1990s. I come in peace. I'm still kind of hung up on the Columbia movie house cartel. I can just think like, first you'll get to see this, then you'll get the penny. And just... (laughs) Never let my guard down. Right? They're forever out there. They're forever out there. And uh, whether you've uh, roundhouse kicked someone in the face or not, (laughs) you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your disc hole. <laughs> uh, and you can find us, I guess, disking, disking on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and we're on both Blue Sky and Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, but it is only on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and holiday shenanigans. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, December 1st, mm-hmm. if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, uh, head on over to Screenland.com where they will have your holiday shenanigans taken care of. Indoors. Just indoors. And yeah. Just always the indoors at this indoors point. Indoors now because it's cold. It's There's really, Toros. <laughs> it There's is Toros in the officially, atmosphere. Officially. Yeah. As we are recording snow is falling it's not hearts on fire not worthy yet right i was telling you you need to listen to like the muzak version or the elevator version well and i do have a very specific tradition the supermarket version of hearts on fire (laughs) that is yeah upon the first snowfall i will play the rocky four soundtrack on vinyl but Mm -hmm. i like this idea i dig that idea uh that being said, regardless if it is snowing or not, head on over to the uh, Friday Night Fright tab and the Friday this episode is releasing, mm-hmm. our very first Friday Night Fright of December. <laughs> starting strong, starting with the beaded curtain. Starting weird. All month long, almost beaded curtain. It could be argued in many ways yeah. we could keep it out all December long. Yeah. Yeah. In many different ways. We'll get to that. But no, and to... to to me, this is definitely not like Hen and Lauder 101. No, but this is, and because this isn't Gateway Hen and Lauder, because we've already established Gateway Hen and Lauder, the most family friendly would probably be like Frankenhooker. Then you go into Basket ben Case. Basket Case. This is like Hen and Lauder 201. Yeah. You have to have seen probably, ba- and listen. Or know what you're getting in for. No, the beaded curtain is there it's for coming a reason. Up there. Yeah. Now that being said, what looking- makes the hurdy, the gurdy, the man of the moon. 
I found a nice little thing regarding the guy that did the voice of Aylmer. Really? For the pre-show. Nice. Yeah, very reverent yeah, to I'm what he was. He was it, a horror host. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. That, I remember the first time I was listening to like... When I heard Elmer's tune outside of Brain Damaged, and like, oh, freaked me out. I was like, whoa. It exists outside may, may, of? May, maybe it's real. Other things happen outside of 42nd Street, mm-hmm. apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and then not straying too far off 42nd Street. Actually, a Canadian 42nd Street is our next Friday Night mm-hmm. Fright as we welcome back the great David Cronenberg. Zip. And- Merry Christmas. Zip. Man, it's been a while since he's been on the show. Mm-hmm. I forgot he has that little bit of a zip and zap. He's got, he's got his own little voice. Uh, but we're going to be taking in a Videodrome. Mm-hmm. I like this movie. He ran it often. I remember distinctly watching it for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Being very confused. confused and dumbfounded. Watching Blondie herself doing hor- horrible and heinous things to herself. Right. And not knowing what the hell was going on, and even now as someone I think that would understand the whole Marshall McLuhan cool, hot and cool media, I'm still perplexed by Videodrome. There's a lot of like deeper things going on and a lot of weird for being weird. Mm-hmm. Like Cronenberg's like, you know what, I, I'm going to throw this in. <laughs> you know, he's like, this is what I'm on a boot. You know, it's just yeah. sitting there in his Deckard Gimp mask, just having a good time. Raw meat in his pocket. It's good to have him back regardless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am very much looking forward to that. And it also all of the Friday Night Frights that are coming up in December. Oh, yeah. There's one that I'm really looking forward to seeing. One, I've never seen it on the big screen. Cool. And two, I don't think people are ready for the amount of violence over the topness, yeah. I, it, it, from, and what's great is we're we're sampling from the seventies, mm-hmm. from the nineties, mm-hmm. yachts. I mean, Hello. we're going all over. Hello. Hello, kitty, kitty, <laughs> kitty, kitty. <laughs> I like that. Hello, kitty, kitty. That's now, funny. No repertory screenings happening the weekend of the first. However, a couple of new releases mm-hmm. and ones that I know one specifically we're going to be taking. Yes. Yes, and I am very happy to say since the onset of Kaijun mm-hmm. and taking in giant monster movies, spe- specifically Godzilla movies, yeah, I have really kind of been just soaking in the reverence for them mm-hmm. and to be able to take in a new Godzilla movie right. in the theater. And I've heard nothing but good things. Zip, right? David Cronenberg here. Keep it quiet. Zip. Because I've avoided every trailer. Uh-huh. I've avoided everything I can on social media because I'm going in as blind as possible. I know the barest of the plot. Oh, I'm eating it up. I'm I'm going the opposite on this because <laughs> I'm like excited. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, what do you got on this? What is this? Okay, cool. Because like it leads me down like kaiju rabbit yeah. holes and i'm yeah. like okay cool this all this is what it's about Woo, okay 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 cool 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 so like not saying that like this is the one where i don't think i'm gonna get burned by the hype but i'm going in with not high expectations but but elevated mm-hmm. expectations like this is gonna well, be a good godzilla because going in blind with shin and then everything i've seen coming out now recently and the pedigree behind all of this I'm I'm ready I'm ready for this movie. Well, I'm where, ready for where it. are your expectations with like the monster universe, the ones the the more Americanized films? 
I'm hit or miss on that one. Okay. With those, with the legendary ones, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, those are cool. Like Godzilla versus Kong, that was cool. It's fine. I liked that one. When he was fighting King Ghidorah, I thought that one was cool. I'm not like, okay, neat. But, but you the don't ones have... that are coming from Toho, yeah. it's a whole different animal. Yeah. Because I think there's, not that there's not reverence in the legendary ones, I just think that like this is their baby. Mm-hmm. This And like, like we said on Kaijun, you know? If you want kaiju, go to where they do kaiju best. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? The home of kaiju. That's why I'm so excited. Me too. So excited. So Godzilla minus one will be playing at Screenland. Take it in. We're going to be taking in a Thursday evening Mm -hmm. screening because this is the only bummer. It is only playing in theater one one particular time. So if you're listening to this, you've already missed it. (laughs) That's no. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, that works. Sorry, <laughs> in <Yay>! the future. <laughs> now, one uh, that is going to be playing, I believe, in theater one, mm-hmm. and I have, I have seen the trailer for this one, mm-hmm. and quite honestly, anytime we get to bring in Nicolas Cage to the podcast, oh yeah, Nicolas Cage to the theaters, and especially when it gets to be like weird Nicolas Cage. Do we do an episode on Renfield? We did not. We have not done an episode proper. We talked about watching it at Panic Fest. Yeah. But no. Huh. He's on a hot streak oh, right yeah. now. He's doing great. He's doing great. And not only is he working, but he's doing solid work. Mm-hmm. And especially, again, when he gets to lean into the weird stuff. But it also looks like he's a little restrained Yeah, in some of this. I still need to see Pig. Pigs. Sage Cage. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. But Dream Scenario. That looks cool. It's been on my radar. That looks neat. I will be taking it in. Uh, and I assume a lot of you will be taking a lot of that in. Now, something that you can also actually start taking in is our Christmas with the Nerds. Mm-hmm. Officially now, it is slated for December 16th on Saturday. Have yourself a sleazy little Christmas. And, you know, when we go Christmas with the nerds, we we try to go all genres. Mm-hmm. This is very much uh, this is nightmare, a Nightmare Junkhead Christmas. This is Nightmare Junkhead presents Christmas Christmas with the Junkheads. And that is to say, we've got three mystery Christmas-themed horror films. Mm-hmm. And let's just say it here. They're sleazy. The beaded curtain is coming up for this one. For all three films. Yeah. All yeah. three films. All three films are getting the beaded curtain treatment. Now, the tickets are available. We are in theater two right now. But again, who if knows? we sell out, we get enough of you over if we there. We have enough. If people want to have yourself a sleazy little Christmas, <laughs> no, I'm very, very excited for this one, especially when we kind of finalize the lineup. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's that's more nightmare junkhead than nerds anything let's, let's just lean into it. it yeah no plus seeing these in the big theater Ooh. or i mean the theater on the screen well honestly though with peep with people in the crowd <laughs> i think given the nature theater two being a little bit more intimate we'll have to like that this will be the splash zone oh god like the first the first like the first theater the first row might get slimy i think that's appropriate i think that's appropriate so uh we whether we see you there or whether we see you at any of the other screenings uh, we hope to see you out mm-hmm. mixing it up with the screenland film family sleazy little christmas uh but also going on that weekend on that saturday mm-hmm. on the second 
Is that not? Is that or is that the second? That's the Sunday third? on the that, third. Oh, the third. Sunday Mary on the Axe third. Axe, yes. Mary Axmas okay. at the Stony Point. Uh, Stony, not Stony Point Elementary. Oh, yeah, that's. <laughs> Well, that would put us on an entirely different radar, uh, an entirely different mailing list if we went that route. Listen, we talk about gateway horror genius, but I don't know if our show necessitates no, not that the bad. Elementary no, school. no, not that bad. It's not that gay. Although this is a very family friendly event, they're it's always at, family friendly. It's at the Stony Creek Hotel and Conference, not Stony Creek Elementary. <laughs> I'm thinking the wrong side of the state line. Too many Stony. <laughs> Every town has a Stony Creek, right? So this is at the Stony great. Creek. Hotel and conference. <laughs> it's on Brass Pro Drive. It's in Independence, Missouri. It is going to be enormous. Krampus is coming back. Uh-huh. We have, again, over 40 vendors. It's going to be large and in charge. This is the time to pick up the Christmas gifts for the horror fan in mm-hmm. your life. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So go to Facebook. That's where we do a lot of the horror club stuff. The events there, it's going to be grand. Um, like like I told you, Krampus is coming. So photo ops. Photo ops with Krampus. Atomic Cotton's going to be there. Mount Baldy actually has uh, where she's going to be selling. Really? So I'm okay. excited to see those because I have a couple of his wares as I use personal, and those are grand. Like his charcuterie boards and his cutting boards <laughs> and whatnot. But uh, no, um, Tom Cotton, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, no. A good time is always had, and this is, like I said, the time to... Get your horror goods and mm-hmm. also hang out with your horror friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, hope to see you out there mingling with the film family. But if we are talking a film family, there, hey genius bellies. We have a little film family gathering on at Patreon. And if you're on the I've seen that tier or above, you can hear our thoughts on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Which I'll say this did not disappoint. No, I enjoyed it. I, I want. I want seconds. I went in for seconds. Yeah, like that. I mean, legitimately loved enough to see it two times. Yeah, in the theater. That's gonna have to go in the rotation, I, the Thanksgiving rotation. And thankfully, it's getting good word of mouth. Yeah. Thankfully, it did well in the theaters. A screenlight brought it back for a second week. You know, I actually have a weird Thanksgiving rotation because it's like between Chopping Mall. Um, between Blood Rage mm-hmm. and between Your Next, mm-hmm. I usually always see those movies around this time of year, and like whether it be for the show or not. But that's still almost like a like almost Halloween it's, rotation now. It's nice to have that. It is, but it's I'm definitely gonna building throw in Thanksgiving in the mix. Yeah, I and like I said, a film 16 years in the making. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of fun with it. Now to get access to that uh, and so much more. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Uh, a lot of stuff in uh, November, a lot of stuff coming up in December. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be able to hear our thoughts on said giant kaiju movie. Oh, it, it, again, it's been on the radar for quite some time. I'm, yeah. I am going in with lowered expectations. Not That's me. just me. That is me. me. That is me. However, giant sized, mm-hmm. you know, goodies are going to happen. Uh, but since we started the show, in the month of December, mm-hmm. we have pivoted, talked, gone into a variety of different themes, different kind of films, but always somehow or another tied specifically to the month. Yeah. Be it, you know, the, the weather. The weather's winter season. The holidays, the holidays associated. Right. Anything. We've always tried to attach it somehow. Even if we're like, let's not do straight up Christmas. Let's do cold <laughs> movies. It, 
There's yeah. always something adjacent, mm-hmm. which is lovely, that gives to kind of the level of like diversity Absolutely. that you find in the month of December. And it also serves the diversity in holiday horror, because some ooh, are serious, ooh. some are goofy, some are violent, some are sub- subdued. It's, it's quite nice. And when you go back, again, 400 episodes in, mm-hmm. there are still plenty of holiday horror oh, yeah. films we have not touched. We got a lot to cover still. And we went back last year, we... When something we haven't done in quite a while, or, or ever actually, we did pretty much a franchise retrospective mm-hmm. of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise right? parts two through uh, five. From Punish to Don't Fuck With Us. <laughs> but when we were looking forward to this December, we were like, it's like, let's stay holiday horror, mm-hmm. but let's also maybe veer into stuff ideally. Maybe something like either we haven't seen. Or we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, or might even be like on that adjacent route. Right, where, where we have to kind of defend if it's horror or not. Initially. Right. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, good Lord, that opens up a number of films. Absolutely. But it opened up one, one particular, particular one yes. where we're like, well, then let's talk about this one because this is a, that fits all the check marks. One, oh. we have to defend it. Two, it's been a while since we've seen it. Yep. Three, it's absolutely holiday horror. And four, it's fucking badass. The only thing like missing is Mount Baldy, but he had shit to do. So like, <laughs> and that is to say, this very veers so hard in the action into the action territory People that he's like, with us in spirit. Right? They're like, oh, this is not a horror movie. The oh. hell it ain't. And I'm going to save it until we get to the specific, not defense of the horror adjacency of this exhibit film. A. Yeah. Oh, but, but, but exhibit. We, we have other exhibits to go through before we hit exhibit A. But I want to give a little time and love to my favorite silver fox, mm-hmm. and that is one Craig R. Baxley. Yes. One of the more underrated genre filmmakers out there, not only for action horror adjacent mm-hmm. but specifically stephen king adaptations oh yeah of which i know specifically one of you're a big fan of but for me it comes down to the holy trinity of i come in peace uh-huh action jackson and stone cold yeah and for any of you out there that have not seen either action jackson or Stone Cold. Oh, please do. They're so good. They're unbelievably good because They're so good. And I will always say this, one of our favorite theaters here in the area is the Stray Cat Theater. Mm-hmm. And one of the many reasons I love them is I've been lucky enough to experience <laughs> and see uh, Stone Cold in the theater thanks to them multiple times. Mm-hmm. And that is to say, they love themselves, some Craig R. Baxley, because when you're looking at a Craig R. Baxley film, there's probably certain expectations, especially if you've seen as many of his films as many as we have well and the the interesting thing that his your holy trilogy is his basically his first three major films Uh so he started out with a whole bunch of episodes for 18 18. and then his first film was action jackson which i think set him on the right path of the right template but he the work he'd done building up to that directorial debut Mm -hmm. and it's a family affair too the baxley boys Uh uh-huh his dad his brothers, his son, all are 
stunt people, yep, stunt coordinators, mm-hmm. and lived and breathed. In fact, he is one. I think that he was like the second AD in production. Uh, one of the stunt guys on Predator. Yeah, yeah, like, he was. The, he he was main stunt coordinator, and he was second AD on there. I was. I'm, I'm looking up on his IMDb right now. It's unreal, is it it's, not? It's crazy. He, and for those horror fans. Uh, Storm of the Century is the shit. You've been preaching that one. It is so ever good. Ever since we've been talking, it Craig Arbacks. so like. good. And he also did uh, Rose Red, which is another underrated Stephen King uh, uh, adaptation for made for TV, and Kingdom Hospital, which I liked Kingdom Hospital, actually. Um, but no, he's done episodes of... He's still working. He mm. did Leverage... Oh, Harper's Island was slick. That was a cool show. But he's been assistant director on tons of stuff. Stunts. He's a hundred movies. If you, if you've been watching stuff back in the eighties and nineties and se- even seventies, and there was some crazy stunts and people caught on fire. Yeah, that was probably him. Odds are, if something blew up, it was probably because of the Baxley boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wonder Woman. Uh, he did Close Encounters again. Predator. Well, let Dukes when, of Hazard. When's the last time you watched Action Jackson? Genius. Last time I watched. Last time I watched Action Jackson was I think at your house. The the, the, the ba- in the basement. Was yeah. Uh huh. And I think when we were watching that, we were taking in all the little Baxley touches. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that you have um, Biff from Back to the Future. <laughs> Fucking Biff Tannen. And that other guy as these cops, as he's like, Rosen again, going back to Rosencrantz and Gildestern, mm-hmm. and the various levels of lunacy in that movie, from Craig T. Nelson being your kung fu. White guy kung fu. With the, the hot, the hotter, the hottest with the comet. Mm-hmm. You've got Vanity at her peak. And you've got Carl Weathers chewing into a character that could have played multiple films. Oh, yeah. In his college days, like getting his law degree, college shenanigans, track star. As a football star and and, and, and general athlete. And then you could have the law procedural of him going through an actual whole trial. All he needed to do was be able to play like jazz sax. Or well, like breakout. Carl Weathers could do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's Carl Weathers. Oh, he's Carl Weathers. I saw so much unfulfilled potential in Action Jackson, but it was. It could have been more. I mean, like you said, this could have been more. Oh. The more adventures of Action Jackson. Bill Duke was in it. I mean, this everyone cast is, is in it. Cast everyone is, is in it. It's unreal, and it has the Baxley touch. Mm-hmm. You have some over-the-top explosions, and you have. You're, you have your star. You have Carl Weathers in the camera with the explosions going on behind him. Yeah. Around him. Yep. In camera looking like it's dangerous. And see, that's the thing we were talking about. It's that Baxley touch. Not only is this in the time in the of the onion on the belt when you had to do the explosions real because there was no CG work. Ones and zeros at that point. But he made sure that he had his actors trust him enough. Nobody did. So he can film them. Okay, if you stand here, you will not get hurt. You know, you have to stand (laughs) here. And then as soon as you say then, then you go. But to have them in basically the line of fire where they could feel the heat, feel the motions, that's the Baxley touch. Yeah, and is. even some when some and we were talking about this, when some directors in action movies, they have the people running and jumping from the explosions. Craig R. Baxley has people running and jumping into the explosions. The explosions 
in the explosions right within the explosion right he, he he's more literally more bang for his buck you there is nothing wasted no. in fact in he had he winds up oh going and like this, this one under budget and Ahead under and under overtime, yeah. like he's a guy way more time and more money. Like, like well, you know what? Didn't. Let's go ahead and add more explosions to the studio. Where it's like, hey, you think that's enough explosions? He's like, yeah, <laughs> we can add a couple more. <laughs> I got the time and budget. That's the mark of quality. I mean, when you can like, hey, let's do it. And the fact that these explosions, especially in like you said, Gregor Baxley's holy trilogy mm -hmm. of the uh, Action Jackson, I like, come in peace and Stone Cold. Everything is there. Everything is real. People are getting torn the fuck up. But like a good Jackie Chan movie, he's got that trust. Oh, and it shows like, hey, I know what I'm doing. I've studied this for a long time. Trust me. And I make sure that you won't get hurt that bad. And if you need a contemporary um, example of this, the whole John Wick universe. Craig Zielinski. He was mm -hmm. a stunt person, stunt coordinator. Right. And it shows. That use everything is on the screen. And again, like you said. You can see it. Yeah. You can see it. Now, not not an ounce of gunpowder is wasted. <laughs> you know what I can see in his films, Genius? Hmm. Uh, the protagonist having a killer apartment. Yes. Having just class. A man of taste and culture. Grace. So much culture. So much culture. But yet still one with the streets. <laughs> yes, very much that, so. that That's the mark of, because, oh, sorry, because up hey, until biscuit. then, like a, like Dirty Harry, for example, mm -hmm. he was one with the streets, but he wouldn't be a man of culture. Yeah. His apartment was always filth, right? Same thing with like, well, I would say like maybe Kiersey from uh, Death Wish, but and he's an architect. But he's on. an architect. But he's not a cop. Right? No, he's no, not he's... a cop with, who plays by his own rules, or he's a vigilante. But, for example, I like the way that everybody's like, oh, you're just a no-good cop, a don't know shit. And every time you go to his apartment, whether oh, wow. it be Stone Cold, Action mm -hmm. Jackson, or I Come in Peace, slash Dark Angel, um, it's always, like, class and sophistication. It's great. It's and, great. like, I'm like, are they, like, on the take because like there's a lot of like wealth being thrown around good living good right? living it might be the mike lowry thing like possibly a trust possible yeah, scenario maybe but the other thing in terms of giving it the craig r baxley touch is populating all these explosions and action set pieces with crazy good character actors exactly exactly and, and, and number twos and also in good number twos, but then go into Stone Cold because, again, another film I want to give a little love to and a character actor that adds so much to the role and is happy throughout so uh -huh. much. We call him Happy, happy Hendrickson. And his, his, his performance is chains. Where, <laughs> he's like you said, he's scenery, but he's having he's a happy. ball. He's, he's, it, it's, I think it probably is probably one of his best roles to mm -hmm. date. Oh, I love Hendrickson in that role. But William Forsythe. William Forsythe is in it, just being being William Forsythe. You've got then, of course, Sam McMurray. Sam McMurray. I'm talking about Lamore. That's what I'm talking about. And That's just again, the number two. You have to have you have this bigger than life action hero cop that plays by his own rules you have you have this is your formula for the 80s and this is what mm -hmm. makes again as you have to have your right formula because if you have the same recipe you give the same recipe to a dozen different cooks they're gonna have a dozen different types of dishes Certainly. with that same recipe but when that when he does it again 
because how many have we movies have we seen where there's a charismatic but yet psychopathic villain um there's a cop that plays by his own rules and a sidekick that's lovable but yet annoying uh-huh. right uh-huh. and then maybe a love I, interest or two i've that's, sampled that's this dish several times genius many times but again like you said when it gives it that bachelor touch let's throw an explosion he's like emerald Bam, right? He goes, more explosions. Bam, bam, bam. Kick it up a notch. Let's give these over-the-top villains um, something that makes them memorable and let it looks like them having fun. And For example, in Happy Hendrickson, uh, Craig R. Baxley looks Craig, like he's having a blast. Craig T. Nelson. With, uh, Craig T. Nelson yep. with his white guy kung fu and living up with vanity. And even... We'll get into this later. Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes. Just being an intergalactic cartel member, just doing superhuman shit with more explosions. Yeah. Now we have, again, the secondary characters. You have uh, Sam McMurray. You have Brian. And then we got to give love to uh, Stone Cold, his number two, that lizard. Basically, <laughs> and Sam oh, McMurray. The, the lizard. I think the lizard was actually built above Sam McMurray, possibly. Right, probably. And it's it's goes down to the concoction that mm-hmm. he's forced to eat. The fact that he's around the banana hammock. Yeah, that we're very comfortable in. But that is to say, though, Stone Cold has some of the most insane action. People in danger set pieces. When he throws the bike through the building. To Max Dad flying the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, Gregory to Scott Luther. Cummings. <laughs> is is there a Luther in the mall? So, <laughs> but again, oh, more action, more action. But goddamn. Brian Benben in this one. Let's talk about Brian Benben. And another age of demarcation for our listenership. Because mm-hmm. when you say Brian Benben. I go to a very specific HBO show. Me too. I go to a and listen. I understand. Col- you know, cable was cultural currency back in the day. There was a privilege to it. So I understand if you're not familiar with this. But man, when you're a latchkey kid and you're watching a show about a latchkey kid that grew up, and when this latchkey kid growing up is pulling as much tail as Martin Tupper did, he Dream did. On became a fantasy more than like a funny sitcom. He got more ass than toilet seat. There was so and that's when I went into the this the TV show, it made me laugh. I saw it was these old, I saw old footage of shows I never existed in. Yes. HBO back in those days there was a lot of nudity. Yeah. In all of your shows. But see, this is the equi- that's the thing. The equivalent of Dream On is almost the equivalent like of what Brian Ben Ben sees in his real life is when I see Simpsons clips right instead of old shows because that's what i grew up on it made an effect on you right it makes like, sense okay right and so <laughs> I, I don't near pull nearly as much ass as brian ben ben did Listen, in that movie we've in been that lied show. to many times many Hollywood, times hbo no there's no bra bombs going off at the college university shenanigans i've never once yeah. had to save the rec center what we thought were shenanigans were actually felonies, felonies. We learned a lot. Same I think thing the hard Dream way. On. Yeah. <laughs> but Brian Benben is that character, though. He stuck her. He, he was memorable. Great. Memorable. Plus the name Benben. 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 Brian Wendy ben Malik ben. in that movie? Right. Or in that show? Wendy Malik? Yeah. From Everyone. Just Shoot Everyone. Me. Mm-hmm. But he's a welcome presence. And his role in this plays the perfect part of a number two. Mm-hmm. The number one himself being an otherworldly beast of a man himself. Do, Again, sh- brilliant. Do, shall we? T- shall we? Let's, let's talk about Lundgren first before we talk, talk yeah, about and 
And then even before, then after longer, we'll talk about space clinton. Because again, we have to talk about the Christmas element because from the get go, it's a Christmas movie from the jump. From the from jump. The from jump. the jump. Be it your decorations. He's singing Christmas carols. Yes. He's singing Christmas carols. He wrecks his car (laughs) into, and the alien comes down into a Christmas lot. lot. The same fucking lot from uh, Lethal Weapon. Weapon, Which crosses the streams. Yep. Oh, Lord have mercy. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord have mercy. Because theoretically, this could be the Baxley verse. You know, I mean, it works. There, we we learned earlier that there, there's the John Hughes verse. Yeah. So why not now, the Baxley verse? He's gonna have the continuous characters that he's gonna work with because, like you said, it's a safe environment because they've worked together for so long. Yeah. They've established that community. They're film family. Yeah. And then when you've got people They're so stable. comfortable, you can do crazy shit at Christmas time. Because again, oh. there's even lines where he's like, "Merry Christmas," right? It's, there's, it's, it's, it's in the it's script. In the it's in the dna you don't have to justify this as a christmas movie no this is a christmas which we'll get to i'll pose this question later why isn't this more talked about well, everybody we, talks about die hard but i definitely want to get into this question we'll get because into that this movie is fucking rad but but dolph lundgren dolph lundgren he again i asked to pose the question in the middle oh, of the well, movie yeah, like why, why hasn't why, he got why, more bigger than he is like like stallone and uh schwarzenegger because they have goofy accents and they like mumble through a lot of this shit i think he he is i think he actually actualized everything he was capable of at the time mm-hmm. and i think it's now especially more than ever that there's time to reflect and look back at that stuff and appreciate it and still continue to contribute and because in fact he was in not too long ago a mike mendes film yeah a, a mike mendes christmas, a christmas movie, movie which, which we'll need to get to at some point in time so, so dolph lundgren is no stranger Strange to christmas horror oh no it's wonderful to have him back. I totally forgot about that, that movie. Could, no, that's the best mm, part. That of it. movie was wild and violent. But also Dolph Lundgren himself. He's a legend. Yeah. He is a master yeah. in biochemistry, bioengineering, I believe. And believe me, that's nothing to sneeze at. No. You know what? I think maybe he is just as big as Schwarzenegger and Stallone. It just took a little bit more time to get there, and he had to go through a little bit more schlock than the others did. Because we're still talking about him. Yeah. Because Universal Soldier's red. Uh, little uh, uh, Punish. I'll go to bat oh. for the OG Punisher. Yeah. I'll go to bat for that one. Showdown in Little Tokyo. With the biggest dick I've ever seen in a man. <laughs> that's so weird. Did that, did that play well? Yeah, it did. Okay, that's yeah, good. That killed. But he's also... Strangely enough, he's he gives it his all. Mm-hmm. He's uh, some people would almost give him like a Keanu comparison in terms of right. He can kind of be he can kind of be like a blank slate. I just think they need to find the right vehicle for him because when he shines, he shines. Yeah, and it, he shines in he this. He does. He does great in this. He he roundhouse kicks a guy in the face for real, for real, for real, for real. Fright Night style. And it's those are my kind of favorite accidents that show up in action films. There's uh, in well, shame on the stunt man. If I mean seriously, if you're gonna like, hey, that's what you 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 pay. That's for that. what the mark is for. You go past mind. the mark, you get off the mark, you get what you get. You know. However, Baxley is smart enough to know to go. Ooh, that looked good. Yeah, because I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it. Because it's not uh. every stunt man gets walloped in the face. <laughs> I mean, again, no offense to the stunt man, and of course. I'm sure a sweep kick to the face from, from Lundgren, Lundgren would not feel good at all with those big fucking Frankenstein boots of his. But then, actually, I'll tell you what would be good to look up, wake up to. 
Him and that quaffed hair. Ooh, that hair was Perfectly doing quaffed. something. Perfectly quaffed. It had that almost Punisher. It, yes, and it's then Punisher with the stumble. Hair. He looks like yeah. he stumbled off the set of Punisher, of Punisher and went straight to work on this one, which might be, which probably, which would make sense. Yeah, because I don't think this was Golden and Globus. Was this it? was not. No, no, this was no, 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 no. no. Uh, this does feel like classier, higher budget canon. Mm -hmm. It has the. They gave him four million instead of two. <laughs> they, well, they looked. They looked at the canon aspirations and like, oh yeah, we can do that. No, right? they gave. They promised twenty. Gave him seven. Right. And like you said. But he only needed five. No. You know what you needed? The secret weapon. That is why this film, I think, can be considered a horror film. Oh, before we get, let's oh. talk about uh, Space Clint Howard. Oh, oh, the, 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 the basketball the player. Jay, yeah. Jay Billis, mm -hmm. who played for Duke. I actually watched him play back in the day. Was he a big giant monster? He's a college basketball player, so he was kind of average. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just in comparison. But honestly, great performance here. Mm -hmm. Well, oh shit, you know he's intimidating looking. Here's the thing: that let's go, let's have the other Rick Dalton moments because before we get to our main guy, Mr. Mr. Hughes, Mr. Hughes. Um, <clears throat> Al, don't call me Albert Leong. Yes, with a speaking role. I think he went by the other name <clears throat> because he had a speaking role. Yeah, like he has the non-speaking role name he'll go by which when is he's why just, we always when he's just doing action on. and kicking ass but uh, and then when he's gonna speak he's albert. Al, albert leon it was great it was great but, but at the same time he's still playing somebody shady and he still gets killed so ah, and, and he ah. doesn't and sadly he doesn't get to show off his like action and stunt skills right he, you know what do you think like he, like craig r called him in a favor and he's like here listen I need you to be part of my movie. And I was like, uh, okay. Dude, I'm on vacation. He's like, no, no. It's a speaking part. Huh? And you don't have to die. You don't have to flip or nothing. Uh, well, Ooh. you do have to die, but yeah, like, yeah, all yeah, you got to follow forward. Oh, easy. Oh, okay. Dude, How much does it pay? Oh, shit. Done. Okay, cool. Can I, can I go by Albert? <laughs> of course. Al, of course. It, right? It's in your contract. I was there. Right. Now. But then also, um, J. Michael Pollard. Michael J. Pollard. Michael J. Pollard. Uh, that dude professional that dude which, professional weird baby face cartoon baby face from the get-go and from his time in um oh my god um most people might remember him as the hobo that frozen scrooged uh, very much so but also what is the classic um uh, the graduate guy, not the graduate oh my god guy and gal on the run bad guy bad girl Bonnie Classic. and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Thank you. He's in Bonnie and Clyde. That's he actually got an Oscar nod from Bonnie and Clyde. Really? Yes. He he's Hollywood royalty. He's he's genre actor. Royalty. But he also shows up I in Sleepaway it. Camp Three. Yeah, he does. Looking, he shows up in looking everything. drunk off of his ass in that movie. By the way, do you way. think he could go down as a, as a professional hobo? Because we already have Buck Flower. We already have Carmine Philippi. Um, we were looking for a couple more professional hobos. I think his performance in Scrooged, especially the Frozen performance of it, kind right. of cements this, this plus, him in there. Plus, he's always been like kind of a drunk or something. He's the from Tango and Cash as Owen. Like, and you know, wow. Well, no, House actually, of a Thousand Corpses. You know what's was, funny is who also is in Tango and Cash because in Tango and Cash, Michael Tango. J. Pollard. He plays uh, Stallone's, Stallone's cellmate. Uh-huh. Uh, Clint, ha no, no, no. He is the Q guy, Michael J. Pollard. Clint Howard 
is Stallone's cellmate, and it was my it was uh, the other guy, Jay Bylas. They were like, dude, he looks like a yoked up Clint Howard, right? He does look like a yoked up, like a with the head shaven, yoked up Clint. Like, ah, well, you must was, kill him. There was the point though. I think when he someone gets thrown off a building, and everyone's staring up, and we all like, pull out. Hey, is that Clint Howard? Clint Howard. I come in peace, man. <laughs> but you do get, like I said, Craig R. Baxley film. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a number of character actors, and whether they're, they're doing making flippity floppity or just flexing their character actor muscles and doing what they do. Yeah. They're doing. And then uh, also, we who have else to do we give, have? We have to give love to Betsy Brantley. Wonderful in the film. Who plays as- the, pu- the poor. The poor pit put upon mortician. You would have think like did like Lily Taylor turn down this role? Just super sad. Oh sad. my I lord! So I mean, she got a couple of good real licks in on uh, fucking longer by slapping oh. his ass around for real. But, but at the same time, her character she had it rough. It's so rough. I felt so bad for her mm-hmm. from quitting her job, from everything that she does and getting nothing in return. Right. It's straight up comical. But honestly. Because this movie combines so many things. Yes. Like you said, there's the buddy cop film. There's the sci-fi element. There is that kind of romance element. There's a lot going on in this movie, which I think is one of the arguments against why it didn't find an, its initial audience. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on in this movie. And then even with the Bruce the Scientist, the jittery. One of my, one of my favorite characters just of the film. Just doing flips and shit. Like, you're a G-man, aren't you? It's just... Being absurdly insane. Any character that brews their own coffee through chemistry, through chemistry, better, better living through, through science, through chemistry, yes, <laughs> to make it more caffeinated, right? To make sure he's able to do his research genius. Mm-hmm. He from it's in the trailer, but his whole like thing of it's like tuning in to W I K I L L. I love it. I love sells it. Sells it. He's great. He's I love that kind ex- of character. Exposition versus scientist. Yeah. Another yeah. like if like he him and Doctor Pickles need to get uh, from the Cronenberg movies need to get together and like have like a Misotonic University. And if Joe Dante did this movie, this would actually be the Rick Dukeman role. Yeah, absolutely. somehow or another. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and he's great in this movie. And all some of the victims would be like Robert Picardo. Dick's, <laughs> yeah, they, Dick okay. Miller would get. He you would could be, see this, right? Right. He would be the shop clerk that we have our Yelp review because we get a dog going go off screen. It's what if explorers went wrong, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I come in peace. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. I used to watch uh, explorers for like. On repeat, really? Mm-hmm. I, I only watched movie. it the first time uh, when I was watching Stranger Things for the first time. Mm-hmm. I watched the the uh, pilot episode, and I was like, you know what? I get an Explorers vibe, even though I've never seen Explorers. I should watch that. It's good. It's really good. Space. It's teams. really good. Can we talk about him, genius? Can we talk about Let's him? Talk about can we Mr. talk about? Hughes. Can we talk about why, why it's horror? This movie leans into horror. Fuck his- why. Mi- why Mr. Hughes is so incredibly scary from his his reveal, his presence to every scene he's in. The, again, he's not in the movie very much, but what he is, he's oh terrifying. He, he is, is he's he's like Bruce the 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 shark in Jaws. Mm-hmm. He's like the shape in Halloween. He's Arnold in the Terminator. He's so many crazy wonderful things. Yeah, but as many things as we know and love about him. We're perplexed 
by his one thing. We're befuddled like Bronson. Uh-huh. How do you properly pronounce his first name? Right. His So his name is spelled out uh, M-A-T-H-H. I just lost it. <laughs> M-A-T-T-H-I-A-S. I now, say... We have many uh, learned people in our listenership. Mm-hmm. I would like to think you and I have a, a, a at least an inkling of intelligence right. put together. How would you initially pronounce that as one genius McGee? Matthias. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. I would look at that and go, that looks like a Matthias myself. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, Matthias to me, Matthias to you, Matthias to some... How many different ways did we hear it pronounced, Genius? At least different, at least five different ones. There and was Matthias, Matthias, Mathenus, Matthias. And we watched these special features on the, script, the Shout Factory Blu-ray. We watched YouTube interviews with Mr. Hughes himself. Genius. Yeah, yes, of, of which there multiple, were multiple, multiple interviews and multiple interviewers said his name multiple different ways that's how we came up with the five different versions of it on how to say his name he never once corrected nope. them or nope. anything nope. so mr hughes matthias 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 just whatever whatever this big monstrous monsters the fabio of bodybuilding <laughs> um Dude. monster swedish Killer of a human. As we like to often Beast. say, if there is a god, they are the best special effects artists. Mm-hmm. His whole presence, the physicality, the vibe he gives off yes. is terrifying. Yes. Just the stone cold East German killer from space. It's, it's a combination of the, the, the Edgar Winter rock, <laughs> the Edgar Winter, and the Beyond Skies. The Edgar Winter of our discontent. Ask your grandparents about that, <laughs> kids. He's a Frankenstein. Oh. <laughs> He's just with the dead white eyes, right? And like the white dead hair and the fact that nothing, nothing will stop this man. And he can come at anywhere. You're you're uh, just doing your job, driving along in the parking lot, listening to like Yo Mama rap, <laughs> which, I, which is great, which is great. And next thing you know, you yeah. get shot up full of heroin Which, into your heart and then drilled into your brain to suck out the adrenaline. So Mr. Hughes' character is uh, the Bad, Bad alien. alien. That's the name. Bad Talek, Alien. Talek, possibly also, mm-hmm. is an international drug dealer mm-hmm. and is harvesting the main source of their drugs. Yep. And it's a twofold. Like I said, we have the buddy cop, lethal weapon style, Shane Blask, Chris, Shane Black Christmas, Christmas kind movie. of movie, mm-hmm. of which we do have Dolph Lundgren and Brian Ben Ben, mis- mismatched partners taking down the white boys, the gang of they're, the white boys. There, that's their, that's our their other. Movie. It's kind of like the Predator Predator Two aspect where you have like two different movies that you just jam into together, each other and, and it just works. And let's also talk about the white boys real quick because leading the white boys. And I didn't know Another Bub. professional, that guy. Bub had an MBA, but we've got Sherman Howard, mm-hmm. Bub himself, playing the main white boy bad guy lead. The guy which, by the way, 
one of the biggest giggles I get from this goddamn movie <laughs> is that vacation photo he says, <laughs> wish you were here, here with, with the, the topless babies. Girls? Yeah. That's, that's leaning into the tongue-in-cheek <laughs> yeah, of the movie <laughs> and an entirely different movie in and of itself where you're going to have like these- Mendoza! Because he did straight up kill the partner. Yes. That's happy. That's what he thought at, at first. Well, like I said, the movie starts so many different ways. It feels like like the way Night of the Creeps feels. Yeah, it does. When you've got so many different genres going off in this particular sandbox. Or I mean, I hate to keep saying Predator Two because no, it, but that it's is the same it's year. A very, it's, the same it's a year. very similar vibe. Just not. Instead of bullets, there's explosions. Yeah. That's the cra- That's the difference. I mean, it's just as violent. Probably just as many people died, but at the same time, it's just well. And I will give credit then to the, the way white boys that Mr. Hughes is shot. Oh yeah. Also, of the white boys, we have Sam Anderson. Sam Anderson, another another professional, professional that guy. guy, and he's been in as oh. if my. Wolfram and Harthead from Angel back yes. in the day. Back in the day, but. Matthias Hughes, I think the reason he looks so menacing is he's shot by uh, Mark Irwin. And Mark Irwin is of horror royalty when it comes to cinematography. Mm -hmm. Uh, He shot basically the classic Cronenberg era of the 80s. Uh, He shot Scream. Uh, He he shot so much. You talk about, again, all the explosions that you saw back in the day are responsible by Craig R. Baxley. A lot of the horror you saw in the 80s and 90s was shot by Mark Irwin, so I'm not shocked to see how menacing he makes Matthias look. Because not only do you have, it's already impressive and intimidating when you have an actor in camera with the explosion, mm-hmm. but when that said person then is coming straight for you at a gazelle's speed, I mean, there's a scene where he is taking one leap and he's just jumping on hoods of cars in like a goddamn gazelle, just in one stride, boom, boom, just leaping. He's a goddamn actual superhero, and every the second he leaps off one of the cars, an explosion, it goes up. an explosion, and, and you he, see all of this in camera as it's happening, and you're just like, Jesus Christ, this man is intimidating. That's what adds to the horror. Oh. Is uh, of course, because I'll go. We've said it before. Uh, Terminator is a horror movie, an unstoppable killing machine. Mm-hmm. Predator is a horror movie, an unstoppable killing machine. This one is an unstoppable killing machine because and the explosions don't stop. There is a scene later on. Oh, go on, dude. I was gonna say no, no, no. I no. Let's well, let's 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 go with the flow because yes, there is that scene that th- when, which cements to me. The horrific element of it, in terms of the the horror movie of it, but also the fact that it makes you jump. Yeah, it's it's intimidatingly, it's, it's a proper scary. It's way more scary, scary than. I mean, there's some shit by the Terminator that he gets that scares mm-hmm. me. Like, oh shit, that's scary. Especially when he's looking with no eyebrows and like, oh shit, the Terminator's that's terrible. Hard. Yeah. But this, the first time I remember, not the first time I saw it, I was but, like, shit. But in the theater. And, mm-hmm. When we all saw this for Christmas with the nerds, we did this. This was, I think, this played either our two, second or third two or year three. Of it was early. It was early, but man, so Mr. Hughes is chasing Lundgren, going after his stash, and he's there's this thrilling car scene, incredible car, incredible chase. car chase. Well, right in most things, when you think, hey, he's gonna win, because Brian Benben is shooting this space gun out to the other car. 
Matthias's used car while getting shot up, then hits an embankment, flips over, catches on fire. Another again explosion within the in explosion. In the camera, turn. right? And again, this is somebody driving. Stuntman Mike Stuntman is up Mike's in, this, in, in this, right? Fucking the fall guy is up in this, <laughs> right? Flipping over, elbow over assholes. Boom, lands up there. Next thing you know, Brian Ben gets out. Yeah, to take a look at the wreckage and double tap, which you should. As he's going, yeah. Right? But out of the fire almost on fire comes matthias hughes just hauling hauling ass running after your ass even they go holy shit and they just get in the car and i at the same time i said holy shit his (laughs) physicality the fact that he survived the fact that he's kind of not not a minute to shake it off to to gather his thoughts and then come out no oh it's It's just straight up i'm coming after your ass he's terrifying and then he's got that weird scorpion get over here thing that he's using and that for offense and defense the extraction the use of the heroin Mm -hmm. the why the whole like the whole thing we're basically filters we're giant we're giant fermentation tanks yes for this drug and the way space he retrieves it from us it elevates mm-hmm. it starts off screen and it's and as very I, again jaws like there's a nice little reveal in threes mm-hmm. as they should mm-hmm. but i think there's an element and we were talking about it when it happened if you gotta go out you might as well be high as a kite you are so out of your mind right with the, the amount of heroin they're putting you into and but unfortunately then the severity of the pineal gland, which, by the way, do you think Pretorius is somewhere? I like, like the cut of this guy's jib, by the way. Right? <laughs> no need for the uh, heroin here. I'm uh, already around. Can you imagine a Matthias Hughes from beyond conglomeration? The, the the Basically, the Stuart Gordon, I come in peace. Right? Like, he could, like, not only is he big and giant, but he could make his hands do weird oh, shit and yeah. turn, like, all, and he wants to diddle. Oh. The extraction and the retrieval wow. would go a lot differently with wow. Stuart Gordon's version. But this is why I'd like to think all of our genre masters should have the opportunity to actually go in and give their interpretation of this. There, there is something to be said for that. Yeah. But my goodness. <laughs> but the, no, it's the, a combat. The fact that he's killing everybody that way and he's an intimidating nonstop creature, it's monster, sci-fi, horror being... It, I think we can safely say with not a lot of defense, Your Honor Exhibit A, Matthias Hughes, this falls squarely into the realm of sci-fi horror. Well, you almost, horror sci-fi, you whatever could, you wanted to call it. You could, and as we did with Predator, mm-hmm. and I, there's that whole genre. In fact, did we not? I'm trying to think of just some of our themed months to actually go into that element of the horror genre. Um, I think we've done Predator before. I know we've done the commentary for it. Well, and here's the other thing that I think when we talked about why this film didn't necessarily find an audience. Number one, it found an audience, Yeah, but it wasn't theatrically. Uh, in fact, this is one of those movies I remember seeing via cable, but it was also one of those movies, much like, like with Near Dark, where I came in halfway through and then I reverse engineered from a TV guide to the next screening, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a litmus test movie. Like if you if I could go, I come in peace, right? And you could go, and you go in pieces, Pe- asshole. You know, you we speak the same language, right? It's always been around for me, and I remember seeing the trailers mm-hmm. for I Come in Peace at the theater, but I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. But when it came out, oh man, I remember like this movie is great. I remember here's the thing: I remember seeing it when I was younger, maybe about 
13, 14, mm-hmm. around that time, and then really digging it, but then not seeing it again for a long time. And then finally like, oh, yeah, I forgot how badass this movie was. Why haven't I been watching this and making like a Christmas rotation? Because this movie is fucking rad. It's the same thing when we were watching it. You made mention like this movie just does not stop. Right. Here, it Looks like Matthias Hughes. Yeah. Just like, ah. <laughs> I mean, from the get, from, because you get an explosion within like the first two, three mm-hmm. minutes, mm-hmm. a big car explosion, mm-hmm. and then uh, just an explosion every like two or three minutes. Another explosion, another explosion, another explosion. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's why we really adore, you know, Craig Arb actually. Mm-hmm. Like, there is just so much. Reverence for what he adds to the movies, yeah. But then when you have all these weird elements of the buddy cop, the sci-fi, the horror, the romance, the the, the funny stuff mm-hmm. underneath all of it, and just jammed into this Craig Baxley and his boys putting all this together, Baxley boys, it, it works. It well, in fact, even like looking at Brian Benben's reaction to the, the 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 good alien dying right and his reaction to just the alien in general when the he goes oh, excuse me give him an oh holy shit holy shit mm, yeah he everyone they understood the assignment they knew how to bring a certain element of appropriateness to the character in this kind of a low level b sci-fi horror flick i think yeah like you said everybody knew knew what the assignment was and they're I don't think they were ready for some of the explosions that hit, but they knew that they they knew were in, they were in capable hands. Yep. Even though this was only like his third actual movie, you know he's been doing other stuff. But I mean, I think they read the script, they enjoyed the script, and they're like, "Oh, I That's... think this can be something good." And again, I think it all went down to intent. Yeah. You could yeah. tell people the were making kid. this movie because they wanted to make and tell this cool story about an intergalactic drug Which, dealer causing explosions all over town. And like you said, this is Predator 2. In 1990, we got Predator 2. So those two kind of films, I think, are the perfect encapsulation of kind of the over-the-top excess of the 80s. Lingering over to the 90s. Into the 90s. Mm-hmm. And like... Not enough people do give Predator Two no, love. No, like Predator Stephen Hopkins great. in that. And if anything, it gives you um. Can you do a little King King Willie? <laughs> they say you be often favors. He's from the other side. No, we love a film that has AKAs. Uh huh. And this. We love it when a film has an AKA, but if a film has multiple AKAs, mm-hmm. that usually makes it a little bit more special. You you did mention this is uh, I come in peace for us Yanks, mm-hmm. but everyone else in the world, it's an AKA Dark Angel. But apparently, there's also an AKA uh, Lethal Connection in some territories. Really? Yes. That doesn't make sense. That sounds like it should be like the Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> well, I'm thinking they're thinking of well, that's the a whole different I come in peace. That's a whole other CD-ROM that you would play. Let's right. talk about that's a cool weapon. CD. Yeah, we the talked we talked CD. about the extraction, the get over here worm that he can control for offense and defense. Mm-hmm. But the killer CD that I remember thinking, oh, that's fucking brilliant. It's it gives you the Sam Raimi vision, mm-hmm. and all they did was just put a little a little CD on a spinner, 
put a camera behind and it. And then make it go. It works. Yeah. Works it's well. actually kind of scary. Yeah, it is. Uh, in 90, I know, I can't remember in Hellraiser 3 when that came out. That may have been 1990. Yeah. Remember we get the CD CD thing. It? Yeah. But it also has a phantasm with the balls kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Where it just kills and just razor but also um 92 hellraiser predator had the predator 2 had one of the same type situations it wasn't magnetic but it was that razor disc that he could Mm -hmm. throw he had that throwable like discus of death but anything i've always been a fan of anything that is circular and has razor blades and then you can throw i've always liked that that was neat do you, do you think it's like your exposure to probably like the the flying guillotines back in the I, day from the shop that's Brothers? one of my favorite weapons that the makes flying sense guillotines. like I, I like that like odd jobs hat anything that you can throw and that has razors in it i'm down the number two guy in octopussy mm-hmm. with the buzz odd job. saw thing yeah I yeah mean, all to the, it's, there's some good stuff in there there's some good stuff in there yeah without a doubt um the space gun that gun that has multiple levels so okay so do you think it's like uh that's like the sign of the baxley verse because it does show up in stone cold it does still up in, that's what yeah they're shooting the the the, the apple can they the got the can. the can yeah, yeah. The can. of course of course it's the baxley verse honestly that shows up also in a uh, total recall but not as powerful. Two it's weeks. Toned, toned down. Right. No level four. Is. No, no level four on that. But then also you get, I'm I'm kind of shocked this doesn't have more video games coming out and talking about how this is an influence because Matthias' Hughes' bad guy kind of has multiple levels mm-hmm. of where if like we were in a video game, he'd be flashing pink. And he start flashing a little bit or faster, or get a little bit angrier, and like the and, and new attacks, right? But the, but the, remember the, that old like uh, Aerosmith game where you would launch CDs at people? Yes, <laughs> Revolution. Uh huh. Uh, CDs in general, genius. I don't think people appreciate them. In fact, we have are literally in front of us. Mm-hmm. Well, these uh, are more DVDs, but I mean, I see these are the same it's physical, and we mm-hmm. we just came off of a month. Appraising physical media, mm-hmm. but I remember distinctly going from uh, cassette tape to CDs. So far, that let's age ourselves a little. Do you remember long boxes for the yeah. CDs? Oh yeah. But also, do you remember? Are are you still tied to Columbia Record House? Because that's where I got my metal start. That's like my first bunch of cds when i became a metalhead in 19 mm-hmm. when i was in eighth grade yeah came from columbia house i got some columbia house stuff too oh yeah yeah i, I remember getting dr dre's the chronic and i remember getting a whole no. like all bunch of stuff but i also remember like you know oh i remember like a threat of lawsuit saying like hey i'm only i'm only 12 and i didn't know what i was signing up for right you shouldn't be selling this inappropriate stuff to people minors so i got out of it and then i then did they pull you back in fortunately well they tried and I'm like i don't know what you're talking about so like i ran away fortunately <laughs> let's just say i've used the term i've used the name genius mcgee before i've been on the podcast and for anyone that might be of a younger disposition, Columbia Record House was this advert you would see in many a magazine. Ten CDs for one penny. One penny for ten CDs. And as someone, 
as we know through 400 plus episodes. I'm all about value. That's a good deal. So you're instantly drawn to that. That's but where you don't read the fine print. Oh, wait, fine print, Genius right? What's Mickey? that? If anything, Columbia House was the start of life lessons. Yes, ab- absolutely. Columbia House is <clears throat> you. You learn life lessons. You actually pay for life lessons. Yes, you do. Because yeah, yeah, sure. The first ten are theme, but then you have to buy another one a month. And if you don't but choose one, the one they're going to send it to you. And then if you if you don't want it, they're still going to get charged. And those CDs, uh, they want their money because normal CDs would have cost maybe like what? Even back in the day, maybe fifteen dollars in that range, right? Uh, but the CDs that you would give me like twenty five dollars, and, and you better pay it. And I remembered, I distinctly also remember starting to get some of those CDs. Going, well, this isn't metal. I don't I'm want to listen to this. Why the fuck do I want like and Neil Neil Young's new CD? I don't like Neil Young's old CDs. And then hearing it from the folks, and and admittedly, I, the I red envelope that would come in, like, hey, how come you haven't paid us? You still you got two more years in your contract. I fuck was, all that. I was still waiting for Ed McMahon to show up with a big giant check. Okay, yeah. I was waiting for that kind of a cash. I was money. waiting for at that point in time. I was waiting for Ed McMahon to show up with like a bag of doorknobs ready to fuck me up. But that is to be said, though. CDs were a thing mm-hmm. that I invested in, mm-hmm. and I remember that initial investment came from. That lone penny that was really never oh, spent. Yeah. And I had a whole bunch of CDs, too. I've always been a physical media collector. I remember having those um, big uh, those big trapper keeper things. Filled. Filled lines. with the CDs. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, which oh, one yeah. do you want to listen to? You want Sky? Okay, cool. You want Bluegrass? I got you. You want Metal? Okay, cool. That you was want... your iPod player mm-hmm. before. That was your shuffle. Was yeah. it's We do come from an analog era, and I think that's why there is reverence for physical media and admittedly when you excuse me make physical media your killer weapon sign it's us up it's kind of cool it is sign pretty cool up. i and i know people thought it was corny but even on in in, in uh, hellraiser 3 i was like that's kind of it's cool. great i kind of like it. i like that a lot he's neat you oh you know anthony hickox passed oh. away oh yeah i'm a i'm a huge fan of his work i know i know sadly pour one out for him uh, but we still have uh Craig R. Baxley with us. Mm-hmm. Now, there's so many things, like I said, that heighten this movie from horror adjacent into sci-fi, into buddy cop, into Christmas. romance. Christmas. Cr- Christmas across the board. Throughout. 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 It's, it, you cannot... It's not a not Christmas movie. You know what I'm saying? Just throw, it's, like, all you need is a Santa Claus hat on Matthias Hughes, elf hat on Lundgren, and our or whole, Ben Ben. Or Ben Ben. And our whole purpose of Christmas with the nerds. Well, hold on. The fact that Ben Ben had to wear four-inch heels to even be in the same scenes as Lundgren. And when Matthias is making Dolph look short. Yeah. Even even with, like, he had four-inch heels, too, uh, uh, Matthias. Which makes what he did even more impressive. To jump over work. like that. Yeah. But even without, even without the fact that, like, Lundgren was like, yeah, I felt pretty good being the shortest guy in the room. And I'm like... Fuck, because you're a giant of a man. Well, that's why I'll give it more to Ben Ben, because his character, his performance, stood out for me. Mm-hmm. It's one of my great. favorites. He was great in that. He gets the opportunity to, to use said space gun and to level it up and right. whoop a lot of ass. So there's a lot of shared ass whooping, in the, well, except for Betsy Brandt, because yeah. unfortunately, I think a female in the Craig Arbexley verse are either someone's old lady or you're a singer. Yeah, it's you know the options are limited. Sadly, put upon, very put upon again. Somewhere Lily Taylor was like, "I need that role." But anyway, Christmas. 
Christmas. This is, again, straight across Christmas, but the purpose of Christmas with the Nerds was to introduce Christmas-themed genre movies mm-hmm. that go outside of the low-hanging, admittedly low-hanging fruit is delicious, right? but to explore the wide variety of shit that's out there. Well, and underseen, too. So mm-hmm. why do you think this was so much underseen? It came out against, I think we said, Die Hard 2. Uh-huh. Unfortunately- Another Christmas action movie. Dolph Lundgren- versus uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis and Bruce Willis was super hot at the time. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough but but no, Lundgren was nowhere near on his way out. No, but also I like I said I think there is a certain level there's a certain ceiling with Dolph Lundgren mm-hmm. that I think he hit with that. And I think a movie like that was not destined to be good theatrically. It was meant to find its home on cable, yeah. on VHS mm-hmm. and more of a lo-fi setting because it does feel it's not the Forty million dollar spectacle. It's that seven and seven million. Even it back went. He stretched it a long way. He, you though. see it all on the screen because we've shown it theatrically in a roundabout way, it, and it plays so well like on huge, the big screen. Huge. And it had a theatrical release. Yeah, I would love to see it again on the big giant screen. Mm-hmm. You know, now it, it be like you said. It deserves to, and thankfully it did find an audience. Yeah, it still has. In fact, I know. Every Christmas, people are still discovering it. Yeah. You'll see it pop up in, you know, top 10 Christmas movies you never heard of or something like that. But see, okay, so (laughs) I definitely despise the Lethal Connection name. Oh, okay. That's fair. And I, I, it's in my inventory is Dark Angel because that's how I purchased it as. Mm -hmm. But like, it's always I come in peace to me. Oh, it's will forever be I come in peace with me because, like I said, it became. It became a call and response. To yeah. People. And if you didn't get it, that's cool. I get to introduce you to that movie mm-hmm. if I would so like. But if I did hear that, I'm like, oh shit, you know. You go in pieces. And Asshole. <laughs> every time we did the, I come in peace. Matthias Hughes. Hello. Because <laughs> what else did we talk about Matthias Hughes? Because we had him like selling cars, all sorts well, of shit. Well, that's what's great with this is with Matthias Hughes and the fact that Going this to is strip very clubs. much- he is, this is in the heyday of the just say no. And if you throw him. This is your brain on drugs. And you have Craig R. Baxley shooting it. So instead of him actually, instead of Rachel Lee Cook, Cook casually taking down a kitchen, if you have Craig R. Baxley and Matthias Hughes taking Exploding that down. Exploding a kitchen. No drugs for me, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to not. I'll be okay. Because like, <laughs> oh, if I do drugs, Rachel Lee Cook might come in and fuck up my kitchen. Cool. <laughs> right? But like, if like Matthias Hughes comes in here, Ooh. no, I'm getting everything that might even look like. All my powders and for cleaning her out the window. No, I'm not getting exploded by Matthias Hughes and Craig R. Baxley. Not going to happen. No, that is perfect. Now, this is, like I said... Christmas movie, horror movie, this is one that should go on your holiday rotation. Uh, Final thoughts before we close shop on this one there, Genius? Let's see. Love the fact that gangs are called the White Boys. Uh, Alien Cop is the swole Clint Howard. Uh, Let's see. No. I liked it. I think, again, more people should visit this movie, Mm -hmm. enjoy this movie, and vibe this movie. It's... It doesn't take itself seriously, but it doesn't take itself goofy either. No, it's, it, it's, it's Turbo that, Kid. It's absolute it's turbo, turbo Kid. They wanted to tell a good story with a lot of fucking explosions. And 
this is guaranteed to satisfy the actioneer in the house. Uh, there's enough gore and death to for the horror person. And it, Matthias is scary as fuck. It's one of those you'll throw on in the background to casually watch. But you will get more sucked in. You will get sucked in. Like, yeah, oh. what are you watching? Yeah. Oh, check this out, man. Yep. This dude's a monster. Yep. What is it? Alien space harvest uh, space drug dealers. Yeah. What? Check it out. Keep Lung watching. Is that Dolph Lundgren? Yeah. Fuck yeah, and it then, is. And then you got. And then ideally, you got the Dream On fan. He goes, is that Martin Tupper? Yeah. What is right? that? Why are they at a strip club? It helps them think. <laughs> yeah, it's it's eighties and the nineties. You get a what little gratuitous movie. It's what they did in the eighties and early nineties. This movie, as a Christmas film, it continues to give. Absolutely. No matter when you watch it, this is the perfect time. This is mm -hmm. the perfect time, and that's why I'm actually looking forward to next week's movie. Yes, first time viewing for you, I believe. Uh, yes, it is. And first time viewing for me. And going back to a theme and a topic that we did as a themed month a couple of years ago mm -hmm. looking forward to it so until that time this is Greg D I'm Genius McGee and we'll see you in your dreams I come in peace I come in peace